1 Corinthians chapter 16, beginning in verse 13, Paul says this, Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Act like men, he says. But what is a man and how is a man to act? Well, good morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here and uh, we are... Uh, celebrating Thursday, October 5th, and uh, at First Baptist Texarkana, we had a big leak yesterday, uh, poured, poured down rain, and uh, we had uh, a problem with uh, a pipe broke, and man, we were pouring, uh, pouring water in our atrium, and uh, it was like it was raining in there, and it was awful, but... Uh, by God's grace, we got it under control, and so now we are uh, back on. We had to cancel services last night, but now we're back on. And uh, this morning, I'm very excited because we have uh, Dr. Robert Lewis with us today. Robert Lewis is the pastor, author, and speaker and founder of Men's Fraternity, The Quest for Authentic Manhood. Uh, Dr. Lewis uh, I became acquainted with him as I went through men's fraternity back in the 1990s. That's when he started it. We started it at First Baptist Texarkana. It was going around the country. We started it in uh, in the early 2000s, a great program for men to understand what is manhood, how do you act like a man, uh, what is a man supposed to act like. Many guys don't know. They haven't had that modeled for them. And uh, how can we fulfill 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong? How do we know how to do that if we're not sure about manhood? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today, the quest for authentic manhood and how to, uh, how to be a man of God. And uh, we have, uh, we're trying to get uh, Dr. Lewis on the phone and so, uh, Mark, I sent you his uh, contact info, so I hope you got it, and uh, we will get him going. But here is the definition of manhood from uh, Dr. Robert Lewis and Men's Fraternity. What is a man? What does a man do? Well, a man rejects passivity, number one, accepts responsibility, leads courageously, and expects a greater reward. Robert, are you with us? Jeff, I'm here with you today. Good morning. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on. You are a hero of mine and uh, a very treasured friend. And so I appreciate you coming on today to talk about uh, what is a man, authentic manhood. And so I just wanted to ask you, Robert, as we get started. So you did men's fraternity and started men's fraternity in the early 90s. and uh, yeah, 19... Hmm? 1990? Yeah, 1990. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, the state of manhood in 1990 was not good, but now you fast forward to 2023. Um, what is the state of manhood in America today? Well, I think, uh, honestly, uh, manhood is more trouble today than it was in 1990. Um, and I think all the social data that we are getting today just simply reinforces that 
I mean, when you've got uh, even uh, liberal news media outlets doing uh, stories on uh, fatherlessness and the decline of marriage and things like that, you know that uh, that there is a <clears throat> a uh, troubled masculinity that has infected now all of America. I mean, uh, marriage is at an all-time low. Uh, uh, having children is at an all-time low. Going to church for men is at an all-time low. Um, we, we just, just across the board, the statistics with men means that, uh, we have a generation of young men who are empty and drifting and they desperately need help. I mean, there is help there and there's some bright spots sprinkled across America, Jeff. I just got back from Nashville where uh, I met with 2,000 men who were starting uh, a men's ministry there at Long Hollow Church. Mm. So there, you see things like that, and you get encouraged. But again, the trends with men are down. Well, we started, uh, Robert, we started at First Baptist Texarkana. We had men's fraternity, and from men's fraternity, when we finished that, we did the 33 series, which um, is that was kind of the, the revamped men's fraternity. Um, and then we started, uh, just teaching, uh, we call, have a program every Thursday called man up. And so we'll have about, uh-huh. uh, 90 to 110 guys that come for lunch. We yep, serve them right. a hot lunch. And, um, but here, here's what we've been struggling with is, uh, a lot of older guys come to man up and we really, we love older guys, but we really want the younger guys, the younger husbands and dads to come. And uh, we realize that, you know, not everybody can get off at lunch. You know, whenever you have it, it can be a hard time for somebody. Uh, I can't come in the morning. I can't come in the evening. can't come at lunch, whatever. But um, we, we see that the, the guys that we really want to minister to in to, to teach them about authentic manhood, they're the hardest ones to get to come. Right. I think I think younger men is the target audience for the church uh, today, and uh, the church has to think of different means in order to reach those young men. One of the things that I did a few years ago uh, was start another um, outreach to young men. It's called Better Man. All the resources can be obtained at betterman.com for free, uh, which is exciting. That's what I was doing in Nashville um, Tennessee, I was launching a better man, uh, group for the city of Nashville, but, uh, I think you have to meet young men where they are. And what we found is a way to do that is to get older men, men over 40 to invite some younger men just to meet with them in times that are more accessible. It could be early in the morning. It could be in the evening. It could be on the weekends or whatever, but since all our materials are on video and you just have to show the video and have a discussion, mm-hmm. you're able to speak to those young men. And what we created was a series called Better Man that's 11 weeks on the fundamentals of manhood. And the reason I tell you that, Jeff, is because with where we are in America today, <clears throat> the, the discourse is so sterile and so empty, we need to go back to basics, the the most basic of basics, and that is, what is a man? What are the keys to manhood? Uh, and set those out in real simple ways that can be discussed 
because we have to really reclaim and re-educate a uh, uneducated and hurting new generation of young men that if we don't capture them in some way uh, for for Jesus and for biblical manhood, um, the culture of America is in real, real trouble. Robert, when you were raising your kids, you have four children and three grands. Is that right? Well, I have four children and 12 grandchildren now, oh. Jeff. Okay, I, I got. I was looking at an old website, evidently. I was. I was yeah, surprised. Yeah. I was like, only three grandchildren out of four kids, so twelve oh, grand. Kids have, they've been real prolific here in the last ten years. <laughs> <laughs> so, Robert Lewis and his wife are raising their kids way back when, and now a mom and dad because uh, my kids, uh, my. My oldest daughter and my middle daughter, they have children, two girls for one and two boys for the other. But uh, I've always maintained this. It's so much harder today to raise kids than it was back when Debbie and I were raising kids uh, in the in the 80s and 90s. Uh, so what's your advice for mom and dad today versus what it was back in the early 90s when you were just getting men's fraternity going? Yeah. Well, I think the the fundamentals are still exactly the same. That's one one of the things that I'm encouraged by. I mean, you can go back to the beginning of time and having involved mom and dad in a son or daughter's life, <clears throat> that emotional, social, and spiritual deposits will create healthy children for the next generation. Now, regardless of the challenges uh, of today's culture and those kind of things, if mom and dad are connected to their children, you are going to launch healthy children. And those healthy children, for the most part, not all always, but for the most part, will be able to find their way. So it just involves, uh, in the case of a dad, being with his kids, uh, loving his kids, blessing his kids, cheering for their strengths, for a mom being uh, nurturing to sons and daughters, uh, being available to them and that kind of thing, not over-loving them, but loving them. And and in doing that, those kids will be able to stand up in a cultural storm that we're now in. Uh, there's, no, there's no magic to that. It's just time, energy, and investment. And if those things happen, you will raise healthy, well-adjusted kids who will be able to make their way in a world that, you know, can at times be favorable, but also at times like ours today can be unfavorable. With parents that uh, that really don't have much option as far as schooling, I, I, I have to send my kids to public school, but we know that in certain areas public school has been is pretty tough to send your kids there. Uh, what would you be your encouragement for, for those parents that say, hey, I'm concerned about what they're learning, what they're being taught, um, how do I keep them from from going off the rails or from not sharing with me what is happening in the classroom? Yeah, <clears throat> well, that's a good question, and I think that's the challenge with my 12 grandkids. I talk to my, my sons and daughters about their kids, and that is a challenge. And so I think in this day and age, it just means that uh, uh, unlike what the temptations are, to just entrust them to the school, you're going to have to look at at yourself and say, I've got to be even more involved and closer 
to my sons and daughters in what's occurring in their lives. I have to know what is being taught at school and what kind of subjects and what kind of environment. And I've got to kind of measure the temperature of those environments. And I would say, and I would say this to any parent, I've said this to my kids, if the environment of the school or the kids they run around with gets too toxic and you feel like you can't handle it, then the option is to pull them out of school and homeschool them or work out some arrangement to go somewhere else. That's a radical um, uh, move, but these are radical times, and I would encourage any parent to think at that level, I'll do whatever's necessary to keep my kids in a stable, responsible environment with my involvement. And if I can't find that environment just uh, within the public system, then I need to take a radical step to either do it myself in homeschooling or look for an alternative, whether it's a charter or private school, to get them involved in. I just say for your kids, the 18 years that they're under your care, where they're going to probably be at home, you need to say those are the years where I need to be totally focused on my kids and not let activities, uh, job, and that kind of thing rob me of that time with them. So I just got to think in a radical way. And if I can get them through those 18 years, I probably can take a big sigh of relief that they're healthy and they can start making their own way. And then I can turn my attention uh, attention to a new season of life. But I would just say in today's world, kids should be your top priority. Mm. Good. That's a good word for sure. Well, we're talking to Dr. Robert Lewis, pastor, author, speaker, and the founder of Men's Fraternity, and now also the founder of BetterMan.com, and uh, giving the uh, the fundamentals of manhood. We live in a day and age where uh, guys don't know what it means to be a man. Just like in 1990 when uh, Men's Fraternity came out, the definition of manhood, he rejects passivity, accepts responsibility, leads courageously, and expects a greater reward. Those things are still true, but uh, we need to be schooled in the fundamentals so that men can fulfill 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. Well, you're listening to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking to Dr. Robert Lewis. We're up against a break, but we'll be right back. Don't go away. In a world where no one can tell us no. To this day, every human being born on this planet is the product of a male and a female. That's the way God set it up. God created us in His image. A place where Facebook and YouTube have no control. I think the command in Scripture relative to men and women is not mainly women sit down, but men stand up, act like men, lead as you're supposed to. A place where we can no longer be canceled. When the scripture speaks, God speaks. And if you understand that rightly, then everything else simply falls into place. The American Family Association presents the AFA streaming platform. Just visit streaming.afa.net for the latest films, documentaries, and AFA original productions. You'll even find videos from some of your favorite talk shows. All you have to do is create a free account at streaming.afa.net. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Jessica Peck, host of the Dr. Nurse Mama radio show, beginning daily October 16th on AFR. I'll serve as your expert guide to engage, equip, encourage, and empower you to navigate life's toughest issues with your family. The show begins October 16th, and I can hardly wait to prescribe hope for healthy families. I'll see you there. As I say so repeatedly, the man, the Word of God is so rich. You read something, you read something, you've read it before, and then one time you read it, and bam! Something comes out like a sugar ray Linda jabs. Right in the eyes. Whoa, Lord, where, I didn't, where, did, I, where did that come from? <laughs> The Hamilton Quarter with Abraham Hamilton III, weekday afternoons at 5 Central on American Family Radio, or grab the podcast at AFR.net. Every morning I walk three times around the block. People probably think I'm crazy, but I pray out loud. I pray for my children and my grandchildren and for my great-grandchild. I don't think that's crazy at all. In fact, it reminds me of the four friends that we read about in Mark 2. They had a paralytic friend and they knew that Jesus could heal him. So they tore a hole in the roof where he was teaching and lowered him down on his bed. Maybe you're burdened for a friend or family member who's in great need. Faithful, fervent prayer on their behalf is like pulling pieces off that roof, continuing to pray no matter what barriers of helplessness, doubt, or fear may be in your way. If you're watching someone struggle and you just don't know what to do, Why not spend some time today taking off that roof and bringing your friend to the feet of the Savior through prayer? With Seeking Him, I'm Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. We're talking to Dr. Robert Lewis, pastor, author, speaker, and founder of Men's Fraternity, and also BetterMan.com. And Dr. Robert Lewis uh, has made such an impact in our nation and around the world in uh, teaching men how to be men, how to, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, and act like men, and be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. So a man is tough, and he's tender, and he is to be involved in the raising of his children. Um, Let me ask you this, Robert. So when you began men's fraternity way back when, in in the 90s, uh, early 90s, 1990, um, you didn't have a good example. Your dad, I, I still remember from Men's Fraternity, your dad was, was there, but he was not there. He, he was in the home, but he wasn't active in the home. So how did all this get birthed in you? Well, I think it got birthed in me out of that wound of not having an involved present dad. Uh, because when I was uh, in Little Rock, I was uh, pastoring Fellowship Bible Church there and had some men ask me about starting a men's group. And at that very time, I realized, you know, for me personally, I feel like I'm struggling as a parent, as a husband. Uh, I just had a lot of things uh, 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 kind of upsetting me at that time. And so when those guys talked about doing something for men, I said, I need something for me. <laughs> and so uh, the way it got birth was more out of a personal hunger I would even call it almost a desperation. Um, So uh, in 1989 and 1990, 
I just went to the scriptures, Jeff, and just started saying, God, help me understand what it means to be a man for me. I wasn't looking to turn it into a study or, you know, a seminar or anything like that. I just went for me. And uh, I spent a lot of that summer and part of the fall just really on a personal quest. And as I did that, things emerged from the scriptures and from reading other books and stuff. There weren't many books on manhood, but I did find a few. But all of that together started stirring in me a vision of manhood that I really got excited about. And I started telling some of my buddies that I was in a group with about the discoveries I was having. They said, hey, you need to teach this. Mm. So in 1990, that's what I did. I started teaching it to a small group of men. It was 30 of us about what it means to be a man. And basically it was my discoveries over those six months that guys started responding to. And as they responded to them, I started doing more work in that area. And then they asked me, let's start meeting together on a regular basis. And we did that for a couple of years and we named it men's fraternity. And uh, after we did that, it started replicating other men shared it with their friends and uh, we started groups and then the rest is history. Uh, a publisher got involved, Lifeway Publishing, and then it went nationwide. So that's the story, but it started as a personal quest for mm. me to try to heal my father wound. Oh, that's uh, that's amazing. Well, when, when I watch the videos for uh, Men's Fraternity, what year is that? Uh, those videos are between 1998 and 2001. Oh, okay, okay. Um, really well done. I, I just love your teaching. I love your style. It's not bombastic. It's just solid. It's easy to listen to. You have great illustrations. You have uh, great authenticity as you share. Uh, not meaning to puff you up here, Robert, but but you really, and I know those, you and I had talked about this before, you know, anything on video that's over 20 years old starts looking old, but uh, yeah. man, I just want to tell our listeners, if you can get a hold of those, those are, the, the teaching in those, uh, those men's fraternity videos are excellent, and it's hard to recapture that, you know, in the 33 series, I know that was an updated version, but uh just me personally, the depth of teaching uh, in the in the 1998 version uh, just just hard to beat. So I want to thank you for well, that. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Let me just say, um, the Better Man series is a condensed kind of men's fraternity package where it's uh, shorter but still focuses specifically on uh, the fundamentals of manhood, including the definition of manhood, which is an odd thing that we can't define manhood today in America. So I keep on that to define manhood. And so we do that in Better Man. But what we did uh, differently um, in this new version is we have uh, five different speakers do the series, do the 11-week series. So all that's been filmed, five different versions. You can go online and look at the different speakers and choose which one you want. And you can download those videos, workbooks, support material, and through the gracious gift of donors, all that is free. Wow. Now all are you free. Are you one of the five? No, I'm not one of the five. I've got 
different guys of different uh, ages. There's young. There's a little bit middle-aged guy. So the illustrations are more timely. I've got a Hispanic, uh, African-American, you know, different guys of different life stages. And, but they all are some of the leading speakers in America, like J.P. Pecluda um, uh, is one of our speakers. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he speaks in venues all over America. Um, so we've got, we've got good guys doing it. And uh, you, can, you can connect with them and see if you want to use it. But anyway, the men's fraternity stuff is still out there. You still can do that. In fact, uh, I just recently put all my men's fraternity videos on Spotify as audios. Mm-hmm. So they're all available. Anybody can go and pull out uh, any of the three years of men's fraternity uh, sessions and listen to them uh, on audio by going to uh, Robert Lewis uh, sermons, and you'll find all those men's fraternity lectures there as well. And they're free. Mm. Well, I would encourage our listeners to check that out because they are excellent. Robert, let's talk about uh, in men's fraternity. Uh, there are sessions about a father wound. There are sessions about a, a mother wound. And those are different right. wounds in the heart of a man. Now, you experienced the, the father wound your mother, if I remember correctly, your mother was pretty strong in the home and there for you, but your dad wasn't. Uh, what's the difference between those two wounds? Well, the father wound is more of a deficit of what you didn't get, and the mother wound tends to be more of getting too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I, un- think, I, and I think it's a natural response of, uh, moms, especially responsible moms, and mine was, is that what dad wasn't doing and the trouble he was creating, she came in and tried to fix it. I always say that uh, a mother's love is a wonderful thing, but when she's trying to fix things that the dad didn't do, she can overlove, and that becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. And you had that in your family? I had both. I sure did. Um, so how does a how does a son deal with those wounds? What's his well, strategy? Yeah. Well, when he's a young man, and when I say a young man, a teenager and uh, a grade schooler, he just gets hurt. He doesn't deal with him. He just gets he just reacts to him and gets hurt. I think as he moves out into adulthood. He doesn't realize he's carrying that damage with him, but at some point, through different means, he starts becoming aware, and then he needs somebody or some somebodies to help him identify where that hurt's coming from and then deal with it. So in the case of, let's, let's just pick dad, for instance. Uh, my dad was, I called him the invisible dad. Um, he was in our home. My dad was a great provider, but he just wasn't around. I didn't see him. He was there, but I didn't see him. And because of that, it left gaps in my life as a boy and as a young man that were social gaps. They were emotional gaps. I had this yearning to be affirmed, to be loved, to be valued, which is what dad in a primal way gives a son. So he walks out of the home feeling I'm a somebody, 
Mm-hmm. I walked out of the home not feeling I was an anybody, and I had to figure out how to make it work. And that's a huge weight to carry. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is there are tens of thousands of men like me who, without a dad, don't feel worthy or trying to, in some way, find what love is. Some do it out of anger. Some do it by just becoming passive and wanting somebody to take care of them. Some do it like I did by wanting to achieve at a high level and get people to tell me I'm loved. Mm. And and all of those tools for feeling valuable end up empty because they don't work. So at some point, a son has got to realize, you know, I missed something. And that's why in a Better Man or in Men's Fraternity, uh, part of the curriculum and the group that you're in points you to go and try to resolve the father wound. And that is either in taking a courageous step and going to your dad and asking him for things that he didn't give you. I mean, I've had men go in their 40s and 50s, go talk to their 70 and 80 year old dads and just simply look at them and say, Dad, did you love me? Do you love me? Mm. And what, what are you proud of me? Uh, what did I do that you enjoyed? And sometimes that cracks open what mm-hmm. the son misses. And there's, and here's the amazing thing, Jeff, just with one word from a dad who didn't do what he needed to do to look at his son and say, son, I really did love you. It has an amazing impact of covering all that was missed mm. or to say to a son, son, I really am proud of you. I was proud of you. I never told you, but I really was. It's unbelievable how that can help take care of that. Uh, mm. On the other hand, uh, if dad's gone, he's not no longer living, you know, it to help a, 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 an adult male to just come to a place where he can forgive his dad. Because a lot of cases, like in my dad's case, um, my dad didn't get a lot of parenting himself. Uh, and, and so he made mistakes. He didn't want to <laughs> always tell, tell young men, I said, your dad didn't think I'm going to really screw up my son. Right. I don't think dads think that way for the most part. There are very few what I call evil dads. And for those who are evil, a son just have to, has to give his dad over to the eternal justice of God to take care of that. But for many dads, they were thinking they were doing good things or they were doing as best they could with their mindset, with their own mindset. And at some point, a son's just got to understand that and forgive his dad. And that can be a tremendously emotional moment to let go and forgive your dad rather than just keep reacting to him. But that was my breakthrough. I finally realized my my dad didn't know any better. Right. And uh, with with alcohol involved, he became an alcoholic. It even made it more difficult. So to look at him more as somebody who just made a lot of mistakes, not because he wanted to hurt me, but he did hurt me, but... He just needs he just needs to be forgiven, and I need to approach him and try to establish at least some kind of relationship. And so, as I was going through this manhood journey that that I told you about just a moment ago, that ultimately became men's fraternity. 
what I learned there enabled me to go back and connect with my dad and to forgive him and to establish a small relationship. It never got to be real, what I call robust, but it was enough that I heard my dad say he loved me, Mm. and I heard him say he was proud of me, and all of that healed me and established a base in me that I've drawn off of ever since that time 40 years ago. And how old were you when, when he said that to you? He said that to me when I was in my early 30s. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it, it was from me approaching and taking the initiative to go to him. He would have never come to me, but when I went to him, he did respond. Yeah. How cool. Robert, I don't know if you ever heard the interview that Piers Morgan did with Burt Reynolds, but he talked about Burt's dad. Burt's dad was chief of police, and he was tough, and he would fought in the yeah. war. And, and uh, Burt said, I would have killed to get a hug from my dad. And he said yeah. he, just, he just didn't do that. You know, back in that era, that really wasn't done a lot. Uh, but he, right. said, he said his father told him right before he died that he loved him and he was proud of him. Yeah. And it, and it meant, the, meant the world to him because he, he kept it working does. to get that approval from dad. That's right. And, and that happens, Jeff. I've seen thousands of guys reconcile with their dads by just taking the courageous step of going and talking to dad and saying to dad, dad, I needed to hear you love me. Do you love me? And a lot of times that breaks open that dam, and Dad can respond as best he can. But but here's the mystical thing. I think it, there's a mystical connection between father and son that exists, and that is a son just needs to know that, and then it opens up a, a, a way to forgive and to forget and to be healed. But he needs to hear that. Mm. That is so good. You know, Robert, you said something in men's fraternity. I have to shared it over and over and over again. The father told the son, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him at the Mount of Transfiguration. He said, he said that at the beginning of his ministry, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And you had said, every son needs to hear from dad. I love you and I'm proud of you and you're good at blank whatever blank is so dads that's right as you're listening do that for your kids do that for your sons do that for your daughters they need to hear that come out of your mouth that you love them and you're proud of them well you're listening to real truth for today we're talking to dr robert lewis about authentic manhood we're up against a break but we'll be right back don't go away Forget about Facebook. The last 10 days we've been banned twice and is unbanning a word. They put us under the ban. Christians and conservatives don't need you, YouTube. Banned one day, banned again. AFR programs are now live streaming on the AFA streaming app. Now you can get shows like today's issues straight from the source. Put back on the next. Just say unbanned. Unbanned. Just search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. 
Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. This is Abraham Hamilton III with AFR, and we're sending Bibles. Here's Michael with Bible League International. Say, what would you do if you were a new Christian and you didn't have a Bible? Probably say, well, I'd hop in my car, I'd go to a Christian bookstore, or I'd have one shipped to me. What if those weren't options? You'd say, well, I'm new to the faith. I mean, I, I need to know what it means to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. You know, you would pray that someone, anyone, would bring you a Bible? And that's exactly the way it is for literally millions of Christians around the world. They're part of our spiritual family. They're new to the faith. They want to know what it means to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, but God has them planted where it's very difficult to access a Bible. And that's why we're partnering right now to bless 4,000 Bibleist believers by the end of October in Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America. And every gift made today, regardless of size, will be doubled. Abraham? $5 sends a Bible. $100 sends 20. $500 sends 100. You can give by calling 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD. Or visit sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. The Word of God tells us many times in one form or another, fear not. Today in the world, many people are very fearful about some of the many perils and dangerous happenings that are going on in the world. Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2 tell us, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. I'm Joseph Parker, and we here at the American Family Association would like to remind you, fear not, put your trust in the Lord. We'd like to both encourage and challenge you to aggressively put your faith to work. And one way to do that is to pray Psalm 91 daily for yourself and your family and keep your trust in Him. If you'd like to get a copy of the Psalm 91 prayer for yourself, email us here at psalm91 at afa. Again, that's Psalm 91 at afa.net. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here talking to Dr. Robert Lewis, pastor, author, speaker, founder of Men's Fraternity and founder of BetterMan.com. And uh, God has given Robert uh, special insight into uh, manhood and how to be an authentic man and how can mom and dad raise uh, godly sons and daughters. Robert, let me ask you this. So we we're talking about the father wound. Um, for a single mom, because we have lots of moms that listen to the program um, and listen very faithfully to American Family Radio, for a single mom, she has so much pressure on her and she wants to do a good job and uh, you talked about the, the mother wound being too much mom, too much love from mom, protection from mom, whatever it might be. How can she successfully handle a job and the pressures of raising kids, especially sons? Because moms have a special relationship, that opposite sex thing with their sons. It's different than with their daughters, just like dads and sons, dads and daughters. But what would the uh, the advice and the encouragement and the admonition from Scripture, what would you give to her? Yeah, uh, and, and I was thinking on the break, Jeff, before I answer that, you know, we were talking about uh, <clears throat> for a son who's been wounded by dad, uh, courageously going to dad and asking him or uh, for things that he didn't receive, like the blessing, do you love me or you're proud of me, trying to re-engage with dad, same way with what we're about to talk about with mom. Uh, let me just say, before I get into single moms who 
who are many of them who are just great heroes and who are listening to the program. Uh, you all have done some unbelievable, difficult work, and I'm just I just admire you. But in all of this, whether it's uh, you know making a step to pull your kid out of a school that's toxic or whatever, those are those are action steps, practical steps that you're taking. But I don't want to overlook the fact that all of that is done with you calling on God, mm-hmm. calling on the Lord Jesus to be with you, to fill you with his spirit, to open doors for you, to show his hand that he is giving these courageous steps you're taking favor and making them come to pass. Uh, when I look at my journey as a man, I see God's intervention in all those, including the healing relationship I had with my dad, the Lord Jesus was all over that and caused things to happen as I took those courageous steps that I could have never done just by taking the courageous step. His grace completed the deal. So I just want your listeners to be sure they're hearing me as I talk about practical things that that I'm not uh, kind of uh, excluding the presence and the power of God in all of it. Now, Amen. turning to what you talked about, the single mom, you know, I think when I talk to single moms who have son- sons, the most important thing that they need to hear is you need to stay in the lane of a mom loving and nurturing your son, but not try to make him into a man, because moms can't make men out of boys. Mm. It's it, and that's a hard thing to hear. And mm-hmm. a, a mom will go, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, I can do that. No, if you try to help your son become a man and you start trying to play the dad role, you're going to end up doing too much and you're going to hurt him. He's either going to react to your over-attentiveness and feel like you're a threat to his masculinity, or he's just going to take the opposite and he's going to just start letting you do everything for him and he'll grow up a passive male. So the first thing, the most, the the cornerstone to being a single mom is go, I need to just be a great mom and I need to find male surrogates. If you want a great smart move, you need to find male surrogates or mentors and you use your, your energy to hook your son up into environments where there are strong, godly men. That might be anything from a Sunday school class where you let the Sunday school teacher, the man there, just know uh, that uh, your son doesn't have a dad and he might pay a little attention to him. It might be a coach. It might be a teacher. Uh, it might be a small group at your church that, uh, that, that uh, a, a man is leading and you get your son into it. It might be a scouting group. It could be a number of things because he'll have opportunities to be in male environments and you can just with a little nudge or a little word get one or more of those males to give a little extra attention to your son and somewhere along the line as you pray god will probably hook him up to a more uh invested male mentor Mm -hmm. that will change his life did you did you have that did you have that robert I did, and it was, but it wasn't because of my mom. It was just because of the grace of God. When I was in high school, I started playing football, and there was a wise head coach who knew my situation, 
And Jeff, what he did is he he didn't do a lot, but he just started paying a little extra attention to me and called calling me up. And one of the things that he did is he gave me the manhood blessing. He told me I was loved. He told me he was proud of me. I mean, just in little things, calling me aside. I'm, I remember him calling me aside one day and looking at me. I felt like I was knighted on this day. I can still remember <laughs> it on the football field, him calling me up, and he looked at me and he said, you know something, Lewis? You're really good, mm. and you're going somewhere. Oh, wow. And I took that word, and I heard it in my soul for the next 20 years, and I took it to my athletics. That's how I won a full scholarship to the University of Arkansas to play football. Uh, I mean, it was that knighting, that belief in me that only a male can give to a young man to believe in himself that made the difference in my life. I'll always be grateful. I had the chance to to honor that that coach for doing that. So I would just simply say that um, um, that is so important for single moms to hear, get your son around male mentors. Amen. That's a great word. Um, I, I, you, you probably will remember the name Robert Mike uh, Barber. He played for the Houston Oilers. He was a tight end. Uh, yeah. He, he, he was on the – Louisiana pro- Tech. If I, yeah, he did. He played at Louisiana Yeah, in um, my hometown. Yeah, he he said, uh, you know, he had a terrible relationship with his dad, which made him very angry, and he was always getting in fights. But uh, his surrogate dad was Bum Phillips, and uh, he said, I took care of Bum. Uh, He led Bum to Christ when Bum was retired and out of football. He said, I I even uh, changed Bum's diapers toward the end of his life because I was taking care of him. But uh, he really looks at Bum as... Go ahead. Isn't, isn't that powerful, Jeff? I, I, our listeners need to hear that, of what a male mentor can do to a young man who lacked the investment or the presence of a dad. You know, I told you about this coach um, uh, and how he invested in me and how it changed my life. You know, my, my oldest son is the head of emergency room medicine at St. Vincent's Hospital, and his name is Garrett. And I would just simply say to our listeners, Guess where he got that name? Mm. My head coach was Garrett. Mm. How cool. That is awesome. Well, let me ask you this, Robert. So I've always maintained this. I want you to weigh in. So a dad's relationship with his sons is way different than a dad's relationship with his daughters. And that opposite sex thing, mom, mom with daughters, mom with sons, uh, how do you see that as it relates to parenting? Well, they all the social research, not just the spiritual uh, directives, but the social research says when a dad esteems his daughters, it gives his daughters a sense of worth and 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 value that they will use in their relationships with young men growing up. And if the dad is instructive and gives his sons and daughters good moral modeling, that will be what the daughters as well as the sons will carry into young adulthood. 
and they won't give themselves away recklessly to young men in order to feel loved because they already are loved. So the best way a dad can make his daughter secure is by being involved in his daughter's lives, giving his daughters the same blessings that the sons need, and that is, I love you, I'm proud of you, here's what I admire in you, and to let them feel that affection because that makes the daughters secure, and they take those strengths into their adult years and uses those to combat evil temptations, but also to pursue healthy environments. And so usually those daughters are going to end up picking young men who reflect the values and the, 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 the uh, affection that dad gave them when they were growing up. Do you find in your own family that your sons tend to be closer to you and your daughters to your wife, or is it just dependent upon the kid? Well, I think some of it does depend on the kid, but when I look at the way we have two sons and two daughters, uh, but I would say my boys really relate primarily to me, just as dad still. I mean, we do things together. Uh, we get involved in ministry and adventures together and that kind of thing. And my daughters do that with mom. But I, but, but I feel that my daughters are very secure with me and my sons are very esteeming and honoring of their mom. But I still think we tend to lean male to male, female to female. I'm not saying it has to be that way, mm-hmm. uh, especially if um, a dad has just two daughters at home and stuff like that, there may be uh, more involvement uh, just because of there were no young sons there. But I definitely think that, as we said at the very beginning, for moms and dads to be in these growing up years, 1 to 18, involved in their kids' lives, and you keep that in mind, you will be rewarded after 18 for that investment by how healthy your kids are, by the things they accomplish. But you have to make those sacrifices and be radical about making those sacrifices between 1 and 18, knowing that your investments will count, will make a difference. And don't believe that chasing a recreation or a next job advancement that takes you even more out of the home is going to somehow bless your family when what it does is make you absent. You have to be involved, and you have to be courageous to take radical steps to keep yourself close to your kids in those early uh, child developmental years. And if you do that, just like the manhood definition says you can expect a greater reward, Jeff, I am so rewarded (laughs) by how well my sons and daughters have turned out, by the good marriages they have, from the healthy spiritual lives they have embraced and by the difference they're making in their careers and in the community. When when I look at my kids, all the things I did don't, you know, being, you know, an employee of a church, you know, I'm glad I did that. But my great satisfaction in life is my family. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's so cool. Hey, I, I this was interesting. Debbie and I were listening to an interview with Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees. You know, all his brothers are gone. Yeah. He was the oldest son and the uh, oldest, and uh, yet they're all gone. And they asked him, what's your greatest achievement? He said, my children and my grandchildren, because that's what's real. And I thought, what a great yeah. answer. I don't know where that guy is spiritually, but I was like, that was a yeah, really good answer. That is a great answer. And you uh, know, having done some stuff like that, just like me, I mean— Oftentimes, the greatest funerals, you know, people, they read the obituary and what the guy did or the gal did kind of pass by us pretty quick. I mean, you're glad they were successful if they were. But what really makes a difference is when a son or daughter stands up and gives a testimony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I- interesting. So I don't know if you saw the documentary they did on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, but you know, achieved so much, and he had a he has a major father wound. He lets on to that. My dad never he always approved of my brother. He didn't approve of me. I but saw one of, that. Oh, you did. One of the things that struck me, Robert, was he none of his kids were on camera speaking about their dad. Yeah, it it, it was sad. It, yeah, it is sad, and it's a it's a great loss in the second half of life. The great reward, you know, we talk about. Reject passivity, accept responsibility, lead courageously, expect the greater reward. When you lead courageously and make radical steps like we've talked about, that expect the greater reward emerges, starts emerging because of those courageous steps you took in the first half of life, and then you are rewarded by God in the second half of life. And that's what I get to experience with uh, the investments my wife and I've made in our family and our kids and now our grandkids and you see it and you go, you know, God really did know best. Amen. The Father knows best. Amen. Dr. Robert Lewis, thank you so much for being my guest today. Check out betterman.com for 11 weeks, the fundamentals of manhood. And then Men's Fraternity is there on Spotify and on YouTube. Check it out. It will bless you. Robert, God bless you, my brother. You are such an encouragement to me. Well, Jeff, thank you. And uh, thank you for your faithfulness uh, with the gospel and what you're doing uh, in in Arkansas. And uh, I just pray God's favor over your life. Thank you. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.